Friends, welcome to the annual What Are You Going to Do With Your Summer podcast here that we offer every year in some version, form, or other here at Wild at Heart. Welcome back. John in the studio with Alan, our producer, and my son Sam from the And Sons podcast world. Hey, guys. Hello. How you doing? Two things we need to explain right away. First off, Alan, say a few more words here. How was your morning this morning? (laughs) Well, my morning was fine. My voice a little less so. A few weeks ago, I did a weekend of teaching, about 14 hours in two days, and it was really a great experience other than afterwards I realized I had fried my vocal cords from overuse. And so I'm in a recovery mode with my voice. It doesn't hurt. I don't have a sore throat, but I need to rest my voice a little more in the coming days to get it back. But meantime, we're going to ask him to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) A fun fact, he's also the guy, welcome to the pit of despair. (laughs) 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 Just clear your voice. Don't even think I'm trying to escape. (laughs) Uh, The Princess Bride. If you can't quote the Princess Bride, you need to be able to. Also want to explain, why do we do this annually? Well, because summer, summer is so wonderful and precious and our souls need care and recovery. And most of you are making some sort of plan, especially this year, as things appear to be opening up a little bit more around the world, less and more, depending on where you live. But people, I'm going to be frank. People suck at soul care. <laughs> and so and roll the outro. Right. <laughs> and, and, okay. and and we make we make terrible decisions. We make terrible decisions with our precious, what do you get? One, two weeks of vacation. Mm. You get you get a chance to get some joy. And you know, it's like giving a a 10-year-old, a $5 bill. They're going to go. <laughs> Are they going to rip it in half and think they have $10? <laughs> right. So we do this annually because we want to just put some thoughts out there about how are you going to spend your summer? What's your summer? What, what are you going to do with your summer? How do you make the most of your summer? This is, um, the earth has a rhythm to it. This tends to be the rhythm of barbecues and the swimming club and baseball games. And and so let's make the most of it. And that's why we do this as an annual podcast. But there's more because this year we're all coming out of about 15 months of global trauma. Yes. And and it's important to name it as that Mm -hmm. and to say this whole experience that we've all been through and are still emerging from has been traumatizing to the human race and traumatizing to our own hearts and souls. And if you haven't recognized the symptoms of that, maybe we should name a few of them right now. You know, this is a helpful and unhelpful thing that I've been teaching Susie, my wife, where she's now able to better see my fragmentation, which 
is like at one point kind and at other points she'll be like, you didn't hear anything I just said and you did the wrong thing completely. So last night, for instance, she's having me place an order. We're having some folks over to have a little celebration tonight and she asked me to go order a cake. And I, I went downstairs and I did my thing on the computer and then she looks at me as I come back upstairs and go, you ordered just a slice, didn't you? And <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's what you wanted, right? <laughs> like, no, 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 I've told you 10 times. Like, oh, gosh. Oh. And now that she knows that I'm in that state, she just catches it all the time. Yeah. She just, she, she wouldn't have asked in a normal year. In a normal year, that wouldn't have been a category. But this year, it's, yes. did you really, did you hear the thing? How closely are you paying attention? Yes. And the yeah, answer the joke, is not very. The joke we make around the, around the office here is that three of us equal a brain, <laughs> yes. right? If you can get three people into a decision, you, you have an operational <laughs> human right. brain. Last night, I'm going through our finances, online banking, reconciling things, and I can't find half the charges that I think should be there. And I'm like, what in the world? The bank has radically screwed up our, our funds and our account. And a few minutes, it took a few minutes, not a second. A few minutes later, I realized I was in that month for 2020 oh, instead nice. of 2021. <laughs> and even when I looked at the year, I was like, it's right. Everything's right. Yeah, it's that stuff. And I went to Starbucks on Tuesday. That's right. That hasn't <laughs> yeah. changed. Yeah. But I was just a year off. So a little bit frightening. <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah. So folks, you clearly you're aware of the mental fragmentation. Clearly you're seeing, you know, you pick up your phone to text somebody and you don't even remember who it was you were going to text. It's it's all that stuff, right? And then it's the the physical exhaustion hitting the wall at, you know, two, three in the afternoon. You're like, man, I just can't crank it out like I used to. The loss of a sense of time. What? day of the week is it again? What or a year in Alan's case? <laughs> what year in Alan's case? Those are all symptoms of trauma that, that you have been through. We have all been through. And so as we think about summer and joy and picnics and barbecues and getting to the lake or the beach or, you know, all the joy that we look forward to in the summer season, sports, the family, all that, this year, all the more important to think about your plan, your recovery plan. And as I shared in the April newsletter, if you happen to have read that, if you don't get our newsletters, you can get on violetheart.org and sign up for them. They're actually great. <laughs> <laughs> he says with surprise. <laughs> I mean, you write them, so. <laughs> well, I'm always sort of surprised myself, but. <laughs> But it's not a monthly fundraising appeal. It's a monthly devotion. It's a monthly, mm -hmm. hey, here's where we are. How are you? You know, how do we grow, heal? Uh, and in April, I was talking about my experiences with physical therapy. Mm. And what a help that's been over the years. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know about physical therapy. I didn't know how helpful it was, but I had some sprains, some ankle injuries, did some stuff to my shoulder, we were broke actually, both your wrists. <laughs> broke both Sprains, my wrists, man. Thrown by a horse. Actually threw my shoulder out because we were jumping off a bridge in Florida. I was wondering why nobody was swimming there. I'm like, look at this killer place. You can jump off this bridge into the water. You know, tourist. It's because there are sharks Whoa. that hang out in the tidal 
So you threw out your shoulder punching one? Like no, I threw happened? my shoulder because I didn't pull my arms in jumping off the... Oh, <laughs> the sharks are <laughs> just a like a fun It thing. was <laughs> impact. But the sharks makes it cooler. Yeah, it totally yeah, It does. was impact. Actually, the story gets better because, you know, three of us go off, boosh, 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 and then splash, 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 and all that, get to the shore safe, don't realize that we're like, let's do it again! So we get the shark's attention, and then we go back and hurl ourselves. Anyway... The point being, <laughs> threw my shoulder out, went into our dear, dear friend Gloria for some PT, and I was just amazed at, like, the, the beauty and the fragility of the human body, of how you have to care for it. Like, I thought, honestly, I thought I'd be one or two visits. Like, I'm going to come in, she's going to do a few things, it'll be better, and she's like, oh, no, man, this is months now, that, and it began with lifting soup cans right? That was as much weight as I was supposed to use. So it's like, get a can of beans or soup and do your little exercises. And then you can move to a three pound weight. And then you can move to a, right? You've all been through this. Some kind of nope. PT. Nope. Nope. That sounds way more discouraging than I think it would be. <laughs> like, Starting with a soup can. Where's the Rocky yeah. soundtrack where you feel awesome and yeah. cool. And you're like, look at this can of tomato soup, Stacy. <laughs> 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 the point being, it's really helpful. Because you rebuild and you repair and you get things working again. And mm -hmm. when, when I either ignore it or I sabotage the program, right, try and escalate the weight too soon or push through, push through. Yeah. If you guys, you triathletes, mm -hmm. how important is recovery in the period of training? Like the whole, you know, science of recovery. More so. More so than... It is more important than the training itself. Really? Yeah. If you are not recovering, if you are not giving your body rest, all you actually are doing is destroying your body. So you tear muscles and then you let them rest so that they can rebuild and grow more in the spaces of the tearing. But if you just want to tear it all to the ground, you are welcome to do so. Well, I've been in an active experience with my voice on... When it started to give out, I just started to talk more, push through. It's going to be a blip for maybe an hour or two a day at most. And what I realized is it's not going to get better if I don't rest it. I mean, if I don't have recovery time, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And, and yet for weeks, I've been in denial. I just thought tomorrow's a new day and I'll keep talking. And so anyway, it's I'm seeing it in lifetime as my voice gets weaker and weaker because I've refused to give in to Aren't you supposed to like not silence. be drinking coffee as well right. as part of that recovery? What's <laughs> yeah. that over there on the table, Alan? Good, oh, no. This is actually tea. This is throat coat. You're going to be oh. proud of it. Hey, yeah, look at that. Throat coat. But a good friend of mine who's a voice actor was telling me, yeah, if you want to get your voice back quicker, you know, do the obvious things. Don't drink coffee. Don't drink alcohol, tequila, anything like that. Don't do spicy foods. And I'm like, you've just named the three things <laughs> that I live on. <laughs> That's my whole food and drink. So yeah, I'm having to give up a little if I want to get better. You get the point, listening audience here, that we don't treat ourselves well. We push hard. We just kind of push through things. The human capacity for denial, by the way, I honestly think that the world is convinced that all they need is 
you know, buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks and get me to a ball game. I don't care if I never come back. Yeah, get me to the beach. Mm. Come on, I just need to get, once I get to a concert, we can eat out again. It's going to be fine. And lovingly, kindly, we just want to remind you, your soul has been through global trauma. And just like physical therapy, your soul now needs a recovery program. So, as I was saying in the April letter, want to say here on the podcast now, in love, what we're suggesting is that you look at the next several months as rehab, maybe more than just a couple months. You are in recovery. You are in rehab now at a soul level. So, what's your plan, gang? What what are you going to do, listening friends, to, like, we did this exercise Yesterday, as a staff, we just took some time to say, okay, if I were counseling me, just you to yourself, and you were writing a prescription for your recovery, what would it include? And what would it exclude, right? And it was pretty illuminating. Even thinking back to something you've said earlier in this conversation that we suck at soul care, uh, Susie and I have finally admitted our chocolate addiction and just... Amazon has a subscribe and save. So <laughs> maybe every month we're getting our chocolate bars <laughs> delivered. And it's not working. Like we, I mentioned earlier, the distracted, fragmented. But I know that it goes deeper than that. Like I see like the parts of me. I get a really short fuse with those around me, particularly my kids and my wife. The more and more traumatized and fragmented and broken up I get. And I'm in that state. And so while we were doing this exercise yesterday, I was sitting there going, well, when I dissociate, I tend to go to the ocean. I tend to go to warm tropical places, but that wasn't the prescription I wrote myself, and that wasn't what came. What came for me was don't reinvent the wheel. Come back to the places that I know bring life for hmm. me. And it was like, yeah, like, why am I jumping back to, oh, what I really need is that vacation with scuba diving and palm trees and said it was, no, you know that you need sun. You know that you need movement every day. And so I just began writing like, yeah, I, wanted, I want to continue to bring my kids and family into the things I love, like biking and running. And we've got this little trailer that we've got young kids, so they're at the toe-behind age. And they love it. They get their helmets. They get their snacks. They get their water bottles. They yell at me as we're going. It's like, you guys have the best deal ever. <laughs> but I love it too. And They're I in know, the chariot. Yeah. I, I know that like that feels almost too simple. Mm. And so I, I've been skipping past it on to like the, the big thing that isn't actually attainable. Yes. Right. Thinking that that one big vacation is going to replenish all of your spent reserves. Yeah. That or the chocolate subscription. Yeah. I'm not so sure that that doesn't work. It might help. I don't think I'm willing to give <laughs> oh, okay, that Okay, cool. So <laughs> this is us. the addicts club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm not quite willing to give that up. You know, when I was in the exercise, I ended up staring at a blank piece of paper for that 10 minutes because I wasn't sure, didn't have the words, didn't know what I would tell myself, mm. didn't, didn't have an idea. And this morning, as I was still thinking about it, what God revealed was, the recovery plan itself starts to feel like pressure. I find myself going, well, what's good for my family? Not just what's good for me, but how do we all recover? And what if what they need isn't what I need? But when I kept sitting with God, 
he just asked me, Alan, what, what would you do if nobody was dependent, if, if you could do anything, if you had the time? And I found myself saying, I would want to wake up each day with no plans, and I would want to enter into a day for a certain amount of time where we could just go wherever the Spirit led. So not the let's book airline tickets, yep. let's get the rental car, yep. when are we meeting up with these other people, coordination of a Airbnb, but to go, I think I just want to wake up and have no plans. And I'm not saying do nothing. I'm just saying not have a schedule. Yes. And so that was the beginning yes. of an answer that I know will be fleshed out more. Uh, it's so good because as Dallas Willard explained, the soul needs to do nothing. And that idea of waking up without a schedule is so good for the soul. Just nothing. I remember my exasperation. I was so frustrated when one precious summer vacation a few years ago, it rained for the first three days. Mm. And I'm like, no, we're mountain biking, we're fishing, we're rock climbing, we're goo, let's go. And I'm I'm just pinned on the front porch watching it pour. It was pouring rain. And I realized, oh, this is my nothing. Like I, God actually had to put me like in lockdown. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> a different kind of sorry, lockdown. That, sorry, that's triggering. Let's use a different word. God had to gently take away my obsessive compulsive approach to vacations. Mm -hmm. So a, a couple of ideas. One, you guys have talked about on the, on the Anson's podcast, Sam, the idea of the cost to joy ratio. Mm -hmm. Explain that. Yeah, so this is a concept that really came to Susie and I over the last couple of years, we've gotten to do some amazing trips, like traveled all over the world and chosen a lifestyle that allowed that. So we were the people who were like, we're not available on weekend nights. We're not going out. We're going to put all of our, all of our savings, not towards anything, I don't know, temporal, but towards a plane ticket. Um, and then we would go to the other side of the world for like a month. And as we've entered a new season, with little kids, we we found like this wrestling of, okay, we can't do that all the time. That's gotten a lot more difficult. And I started experiencing the, the camping trip that was several hours away, towing the pop-up. Um, kids are screaming in the back. <laughs> One moment I have in my mind where uh, there's nowhere to pull over, but our eldest has to pee. We've got one of those little like plastic potties in the back. And so she and my wife are hunched down in the back of the van while I'm just careening up this pass. <laughs> and I'm like, this is horrible. Like, what, what's happened to me? Like, this is so irresponsible. And we came back from trips like that worse off than we had been when we left. And then the next day, we walked over to the neighborhood park, and it was easy, it was restful, and it was like 10 times more restorative. And like, that's when the light bulb came on for, for me at least, having this like, there's this ratio of how much joy you're going to get out of a thing versus how much it's going to cost you. And for the stage that I'm in, the joy had better be positive by the time it ends. Yes. Okay, this isn't to say don't do hard things, but the hard things now, I think we create more space around them. So if it's going to be a, a big flight, like, we went for a week to California several years ago. We went for 10 days on our big vacations. And our small things now aren't like in the way. 
Small things are just a different part of the cost of joy ratio. They can actually have very low cost and very high joy, which makes them better than that like amazing trip with the palm trees. Right. Your neighborhood has like a community pool. Yes. It's and, the it's the best thing. It's the best thing ever. And the cost joy ratio is really good. <laughs> yeah. Because the cost yeah. is Oh my gosh. Um two minutes of like Putting on flip-flops and then five minutes of walking around the block. Yeah, get sunscreen on the kids, walk down the street. Yeah, right. I laugh because um, it shouldn't exist. Like, it's from a movie about America in the 80s, but it's real. I, I go walk in and pool is. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's so joyful for me to go spend an hour there. Yeah. And... And it's helped me go, I remember reading this book called Vagabonding by Andy Potts, who he was really pushing for, you're not going to become a different kind of person when you go do the big trip you're dreaming about. Therefore, are you cultivating curiosity in your neighborhood? Are you the kind of person who's going to notice the textures on your own trees and flowers? Because if you're not, you're not going to like show up in Japan and notice any of that stuff. You're going to continue being that rock skipping along and I remember reading that going like, oh, yeah, I want I want to not be blind to the close things. Yeah. When you say that, it makes me think wherever you go, you bring yourself and you yeah. bring your worn out, weary self to the most beautiful Eden-like place you mm-hmm. go if you're weary and worn out. So it's encouraging to me to think soul care can happen locally. I don't have to go somewhere. Going somewhere is not bad. But to get deep soul care, I probably don't need to go somewhere and hope it happens. I might need to just take care of my soul first and then see where God leads. I, my concern is that the world is ready to Mardi Gras. Like people mm. are going to come out of quarantine. They're going to, you know, some of our dear friends are just getting out of it now in different countries, in Germany, in Italy, in Ireland. Holy cow, they've been locked down all through the spring. Like, and the world's going to like pop. And go, all we need is like concerts, baseball games, travel. And our buddy Sam, who lives in Hawaii, said that the flights are full again coming into Hawaii, like full. But global travel is actually not bringing it in. It's all coming from the U.S. People Mm. are like, we got to get to Hawaii. And I want to say, maybe, maybe that is what God has for you, friends. But, But again, that's only a week or two would be amazing. And then you have the rest of your summer... And what we're recommending is think of your life right now as you are in rehab. Your precious soul is in recovery. You are in PT for the soul. And therefore, cost to joy ratio is one of the ways to think through, gosh, maybe we shouldn't take that, you know, big bonsai epic trip because now we finally can. Maybe we'll be exhausted at the end of it. And the number of people that have said to me, oh, man, I need a vacation to recover from my vacation. Mm. How many times have we said that <laughs> coming back from a hunting trip or that thing you're like, oh, I really got to go take off. I, I've got a weekend. And you come back totally fried and worse off than you were when you left. You need recovery days from your recovery days. Like that, okay. <laughs> so this is bad math. If that's true, you've got the cost to joy ratio way out of whack. Okay. Totally. Yeah. So it might be, it might be the big thing this summer, but what we're suggesting is probably not. Probably what, because of what it's like to come out of trauma, because of what it's like to recover, because it's not a day, it's not a weekend. I think the world is genuinely going to be shocked. 
I think that the coming article, you know, that you're going to see on the cover of the New York Times or Wall Street Journal or something is, I thought I was just going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be all this research coming out and all this data of people saying, really? I thought that just getting picnics back and my kids in school or now they can do summer sports, or I thought that would do it. I go, well, that's just not the nature of the human soul. No, and we put expectations on those things that they were never meant to bear. I mean, no matter how good a ball game is, no matter how good Hawaii is, it can't heal your soul in and of itself. Like, it can be fun, it can have some cool moments, and it can it can be a spark, but when we look to those things with the expectation of, that's it, that's what's going to bring life, mm. I think most of the time we leave wondering what happened. Yeah. Why didn't it? You know, what's funny for me is the pool sounds like, oh, Sam's got this thing around the corner that actually, that doesn't apply to me. He's sort of cheating. Um, I kind of am a little bit. I'm sorry. The thing I actually end up doing more than that, though, despite how easy that access is, and this is my favorite thing ever, and this is what I come back to, and you were asking that question, and I got the answer don't reinvent the wheel. And then the question of what's my prescription? My favorite thing in the summer is the $10 plastic pool from Ace Hardware. Hmm. And I fill it up in the, the backyard. Kiddie pool. The kiddie pool. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome for adults too, you guys. Like, <laughs> no, don't be too cool for the kiddie pool. Um, and I will take a book in the backyard. I have to wear swim trunks and lie on the towel because inevitably the kids come running over to me like sloppily carrying this bucket and it's got half of the water in it that when they started and I get drenched. But that becomes that becomes the routine of most days. Even though the swim clubs are right on the corner, we found we even need to lower the 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 barrier of entry even more and have this rhythm of a family of like, we are outside, we are doing this slowly, we're in our own space. We are feeling comfortable. We're pursuing rest and sunlight. And like I I fantasize about days like that the rest of the year long because I know like, oh, there's something about the rhythm of it where it's not the one-off, but it's the, the steady pace for me and for my family that it's it's the best thing ever. So what you're hearing, friends, is the idea of simplicity that in the cost-to-joy ratio. So, okay, let's look at it this way. I think most people did pretty well through the last 14 months. The, you know, we rallied, we, we figured out online learning for our kids at home. We, you know, we worked from the kitchen table on Zoom to, to connect with our, our work. We, way to go, people. I think people rallied and really did their absolute best to, to forgive others during the political season. and I love your optimism. I agree with the, <laughs> we did our absolute best. I disagree with it. We did really well. Okay. We tried our best. We rallied is the point I'm trying to make. But the problem is, in order to rally, you tapped into all of your reserves. And what's gone now is the reserve tank, illustrated by this exercise. How would you feel if I told you that a new pandemic is actually going to hit the world next month and we're starting all over. I'm out of here. <laughs> I can't do that. Well, it's almost traumatizing. Right. Uh, I mean, like, 
Yeah. I feel like you've just squeezed the last bit of air out of my lungs. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why is there's nothing in the reserve tank. Like we're all, we're all, you know, trying our best right now, but folks, you got to replenish your reserves. That's part of the soul care plan. Okay. So thankfully we're not in the dead of winter for those of us who would live in winter climes. We're entering into the summer season. You can do some things that have beauty and joy and, you know, the park and barbecues and that kind of thing. What's your plan? What's your prescription for the recovery of your soul? And one way to think about that is the replenishing of your reserves. So back to the cost-joy ratio. Another way of saying that is, as I was praying about this myself, Jesus said, more coming in than is going out to me. More coming in than is going out. And I, I almost laughed out loud. I'm like, that life does not exist. Like that, what? Like, but then he started showing me. So the first thing he did was take away, and I bless him for it, but he took away our big international trip that we were thinking. We're like, hey, the world's opening back up. Let's travel. He's like, no, that's madness. Are you out of your mind? So, you know, he started things like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, go on this epic fly fishing thing. He's like, no, hang on, hang on, closer to home, closer to, keep, keep bringing it closer, simplify more coming in. So one of my, on my prescription, and I'm just, I'm just working this out myself still. I have a notepad and I'm just noodling on this and take, you know, taking some thoughts. One of the thoughts is every adventure needs to provide more to my soul than it requires to make happen. So I want to do some adventures this summer, but I've got to evaluate them on when I'm back. I don't need to recover now that I'm back, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm better. I, I've got a little bit more, a couple more ounces in the in the reserve tank. Yeah, and for me, it's about not tying productivity to whatever the summer looks like. So, wait, can we just say, is anybody shocked by that? Nope. Productivity, anyone, a hand you... anywhere in the studio, Barry <laughs> over there. Anyone <laughs> shocked about the productivity thing? Okay, for, go ahead. Uh, either of you. Well, I'm. I, yeah. So <laughs> for me, that means I have to keep, it's like smelling salts. I have to keep telling myself it's not about productivity. So it's my daughter's last summer home before college. I want a lot of simple joy with her, not seven big trips because the conversations are what bring us the most life. Um, Kelly walking around the block every evening brings so much joy to her and I love those moments together. And it's so simple. Takes, you know, 30 minutes. We're back home usually. Mm. Well, I try to do it in 27 minutes. But, and then <laughs> uh, with Chase, he's really wanted to get into woodwork. Well, all we have right now is like a handsaw. So I'm going to buy a few basic things. Our neighbor across the street is in his 80s. And he was a wood craftsman. And he's getting rid of a lot of his tools. And so he's excited to help us get some of those so that we can carry this on and even teach us a little bit. But we can do that from our garage. And it's hours of time together building something. So I'm just naming um, the joy isn't in if we build a table, the table. The joy is in father and son doing something together that's a relatively simple thing to do. Mm -hmm. So that to me is my prescription is what are the simple things I can do without these huge plans and without a lot of expense that's going to take a lot of brain cells to figure out and go, I just really want to savor the people around me. 
I want to read more good books. If that's the summer, I think I'll come out of it like somebody out of rehab, a, a better person, a more healed person. It's a lot harder to pull off than it sounds because like the big things have this, um, they, they require momentum, they require thought, they require this like, I'm going to go tackle this. Whereas the small rhythm has the threat of pulling you back into autopilot, has the threat of like, oh, well, I'm just going to operate on my baseline because mm. I'm not going to go do those things. I'm just going to, you know, try and go for more walks. It's like, okay. So try and go for more walks is another way of saying not do anything different. And I kind of want to like hand Alan a pair of scissors to cut off his Wi-Fi connection and go, when I wake up in the morning and I have no plans, but I have like my normal life distractions, like my phone's waiting for me, the my friends are texting me about some needs. We got to go get groceries. Like the weekends are not restful. Mm-hmm. The weekends are full of to-do lists and busyness and the autopilot. And so finding like the narrow way of I'm not on autopilot. I'm mm-hmm. not not changing anything. And I'm not pursuing these massive things that are probably going to drain me more yeah. is a lot easier said than done. That's really good, Sam's. So what we're recommending is that you let Jesus speak into the plan. We're suggesting that you actually have a plan, friends. And, and it's, a, it's a plan that spans months. Say, I'm in rehab, I'm in recovery, I am one of you know millions of dear souls coming out of global trauma. And you've had your own year, you've had your losses, you, you've had the setbacks, the health things on top of all this, right? So Jesus, speak into my plan. I want to formulate a plan. What, what are you prescribing for me that is particular to me that is going to balance the more in than out, the cost joy ratio that's going to help me live well into the next several months so that I do actually begin to recover. Just like the repair of my shoulder, you know, you go from the soup can to the three pound weight to the five to the 10, and then you're back and you, 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 got, you got your body back. Same thing with your soul. It'll take some time. You need a plan. Ask Jesus, let, let Jesus into this and, and give him the reins. Let him, let him take away things that, that need to be taken away, but let him bring and suggest things that you might not even have thought of. Like, you know, this isn't up to you. In other words, let God yes. speak into this. We're, we're not adding now a new burden on you to like be your own physician and figure out your, your soul care recovery plan. You have God. You have Christ. Let Jesus speak into this. And don't just do it in like one day. Okay, I'm going to sit down. I got 10 minutes. What's my plan? Pull out a pad of paper. Give this several weeks. And just over time, you do some listening, asking Christ, what are you saying into this, Lord? And you're writing thoughts down and go, oh, well, being willing to let go of stuff and being willing to put some healthy boundaries around what other people are asking of you, because as our friend Dan Allender points out, family visits are not vacations. They're visits. They're not vacations. They, the cost-joy ratio there is usually way out of whack. <laughs> Excuse you need, me. You need a vacation to recover from the visit, right? 
let Jesus put some put some fences around your summer and your recovery plan. Let him do that. Let him be kind to you. And let's look forward to the months ahead as rehab and recovery for our souls. 